but he's just a, a, a swag guy. He also has great energy and it's just fun to be around. So I've enjoyed his staying here and uh, I'm enjoying him being here for, for a long time. Jameis Winston not talking about Roy Cummings, talking about his brand new football coach, Bruce Arians. A chat with Peter King. King gets better access than almost anybody. He recently made a stop to Buccaneer land for training camp. We're going to get some of Jameis's thoughts on baseball and, of course, how he's going to improve. Welcome to A Few Extra Bucks. I am Mike Neighbors. I'm going to bring in uh, Justin Thomas, our producer, first. Justin, how are you? I'm doing really good. Excited for yeah. football to start. Exactly. The Buccos start on Friday at Pittsburgh against the Steelers in preseason game number one. Let's bring in my partner, Roy Cummings. And Roy, you've been at a lot of practices. Uh, you know, your initial thoughts of this Bucks team after the uh, first couple weeks of training camp? Well, uh, some things are impressing me. Uh, what's impressing me is the fact that uh, the, the defense really seems to be humming, man. Uh, and by humming, I, I don't mean like midseason form. I don't want to say that. But what I like about it is there's a there's a lot of athleticism on that defense. Um, I don't know if it's going to be any good when the games start, but there's some athletes out there, guys, and uh, they're, they're they look like they can probably get the job done. I, I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by the two kickers. There's a real competition going on there. Um, and just as we kind of you know hinted last week in our podcast, uh, I'm I'm impressed with one Ronald Jones, the running back, who. Uh, is proving in this training camp, unlike last year, he's proven this year that uh, really all he needs is, is a little bit of a sliver and uh, some open space, and he can make you pay. So um, I've seen some things that really uh, excite me. Uh, I haven't seen too much that disappoints me. Uh, I guess on that end, the, the off- play of the offensive line's been a little bit off. Um, James Winston, I think, has looked good for the most part. So, you know, I think they're making, uh, I think they're making some progress. Um, I, I tend to one sometimes wonder, think to myself, you know, has this team got a chance to surprise some people and, and do a little bit more than what uh, they're expected to? I don't know if I go that far just yet, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to like there in terms of what I'm seeing at the camp workout. I think one thing we can all agree on is the first preseason game, the second, the third, even the fourth, you go way higher, way low if you're a fan, especially with social media. You know, Jameis Winston lights it up against the Steelers if he even plays that much. People are going to go crazy if he throws a pick. It's the end of the world. I mean, that's kind of where we are as football fans, and, and that's what we see a lot from the fans at this point in the preseason, really the entire preseason, especially for a football team like the Bucks, Roy, where there are so many question marks with the new coach, offensively, defensively. I mean, really every segment of this team, there are question marks. You're going to see a lot of overreaction uh, when they hit the field against Pittsburgh. Yeah, you are. Uh, that's kind of the way it goes. And, uh, you know, if, if they uh, – somehow go out and, you know, score 10 points uh, against the Steelers with the first team offense and hold the Steelers, uh, you know, down maybe to a field goal over the course of the first half. Everybody's going to think, hey, here we go. Let's all get excited. And if it's the other way around, they don't do anything, everybody will knock them and say that, uh, you know, same old bucks uh, and then the, you know, everybody will be disappointed. So, but you, you just can't read, you know, at the Tribune back in the day, uh, for every training camp, every uh, training camp, every preseason game, we used to have kind of a a, uh, a little uh, primer for it, and we would, and what the first thing it always said was, "Don't pay attention to the score because here are the things you really need to be looking out for." And we would write, you know, I'd write up five areas that you really wanted to watch. Sometimes it was a player, sometimes it was a, a specific position group, um, things like that. 
things to focus on outside the score because score doesn't matter. Um, now, sometimes it does with a team like the Bucks. You know, having just said it doesn't matter, it can with the Bucks at times because you're trying to develop a culture of winning. But at the end of the day, the score really doesn't matter because the score is usually dictated by third-team players uh, playing in the fourth quarter. So how it ends up doesn't matter. Even how much the, the first team scores doesn't matter. Uh, you just want to see execution, and, and that's, that's really what fans should be focusing on. We uh, released our first uh, video wrap of uh, actually our second. We're going to do this every week during training camp. We may do it uh, more than once, but at least once we're going to give you an exclusive interview and Roy, are going to, and Roy and I are going to break down training camp so far. Last week it was Ronald Jones. He gave us some great stuff. And this week we just released it Vita Vea. We talked to him about a number of topics as well. We'll get to that in just a second. But I want to get back to Jameis Winston. Speaking of overreaction, you and I were at the first training camp practice together, Roy, and Winston looked awful. I mean, people were saying, is this the worst practice Jameis Winston's ever had? And he's had some better practices since then. Uh, Bruce Arians has been critical. I think uh, – like, you know, like Dirk Cutter was, but you see it in kind of a different way. You know, how do you see the Arians approach to Jameis Winston so far? I know it's early. You know, I think he's been tough when he has to be. And, you know, he sees a mistake and, and, and I think he calls Jameis out for it and says, look, that, that, that's what you can't do. That's exactly what's killing us. That kind of thing right there. Um, but then, you know, he, he sees things that he likes, uh, you know, red zone drills where he, he really he has it down. Uh, he, he had a deep ball the other day. Uh, to Mike Evans. Mike Evans broke away from two defenders and, and Jameis dropped it in the bucket. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and Jameis had a tremendous red zone drill uh, through two touchdown passes and handed off, handed, handed off a touchdown uh, carry to uh, Ronald Jones, uh, believe it or not. And, um, you know, so there are times when he looks really good. I, I would say this, over the course of the first, what, week and couple of days now of training camp, I think that Jameis Winston has more often looked good than he has bad. You're right. That first workout, he was awful. I mean, <laughs> as awful. I mean, that was not a good sign. But uh, but he's gotten a lot better since we've seen. He's looked a little bit more like the Jameis Winston that we expect to see, and a guy who's uh, starting to figure some things out. So uh, I like what I see. The news of the week so far, Levante David uh, banged up. Looks like he is going to be okay for the regular season, but what do you make of this news, man? Jason Light must be thinking to himself, what have I done wrong? I mean, I get Jason Pierre-Paul in here. Then he has the car accident in the offseason. they got to kind of revamp things, obviously, with the defensive line, and now they bring in you know, Devin White, and then they have Levante David go down. I mean, it just seems like this Bucks defense can't win at a lot of levels. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's a real that's a real blow because I mean let's let's face it that's the that's the real uh, experienced guy in that linebacker group and and you need him um, kind of a, a running mate there with with the new kid Devin White and, and they've looked really good. Like I said, that defense has really been humming uh, in camp workout. So this is a bit of a blow. The thing that I you know I don't know that I necessarily buy. The Bucks claim that he's going to be fine for opening day. Opening day is what five weeks away. Yeah, um, it usually takes about four to six, maybe sometimes six to eight weeks to overcome a meniscus tear if it requires some kind of a surgical procedure. And and this one did. So um, I I think that's a little optimistic myself, um, and that's not good news. So uh, look, uh, you know, I don't know obviously the the true extent of the injury. No one does except the Buccaneers and Levante David. And his camp, but at the end of the day, um, I think it's just a little bit um, uh, aggressive here to think that he's going to be ready for opening day. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him miss the first game or two. 
That's not good news. I mean, that's the last thing this defense needs. I mean, with Devin White looking good so far in this training camp and, and Levante David, obviously both guys really seem to be, you know, really comfortable in this 3-4 revamp Bucks defense. We'll see what happens there. But, man, if you're Jason Light, you got to wonder, you know, what the heck is going on with these injuries? All right, let's uh, talk Vita Van just a second. I want to go back to Jameis Winston, though. Peter King uh, gets great access, had a chance to go one-on-one with the Bucks quarterback. And I wanted to get to a couple topics. I want to get Roy's take first. How can Jameis Winston get better? We kind of know the answer to that, but here was Jameis' take on that with Peter King. It's doing my job. Uh, they, they will see me doing my job, and, and that's being a quarterback, that's being a game manager when I need to, that's being a playmaker when I need to, that's checking the ball down when I need to, and that's uh, cutting our losses and throwing the ball away when I need to. Or that's put- really part of it, isn't it? It is. You know, because that's one of those things that over time you so much have wanted to make plays that you've made throws that you say, man, what did I make that throw for? Yeah, I think it's just a part of, of learning the game, uh, understanding that a throwaway is okay. Uh, uh, if a defense gets you on a play, that's okay. Jameis Winston, uh, it's really a put up or shut up time. He's got the coach who believes in him. You get Deshaun Jackson out of the huddle. You still got a lot of weapons. I know the offensive line and the running backs still have a load of question marks, Roy. But if you're Jameis Winston, I think you could replay the Jameis Winston sound that we're hearing there the last couple years, and it would sound very similar. Is he going to be better this year in terms of making decisions? Is it finally going to click? Well, it's going to have to, I think. And you know what? I think it will. Um, Look, Jameis Winston is basically, he's looking at a crossroads in his career. Um, I'll disagree with one thing you just said. You say that he's got a a coach who believes in him. I I don't think he's ever not had a coach who believes in him, going back to Florida State. Uh, But when he You don't think Eric Cutter did not believe in him last year, though, a little bit? No, I think he absolutely did. I think he had, but Dirk Cutter's job was on the line. And he couldn't afford to just throw a guy out there who wasn't performing at the level he's, he needs to play at. Um, he had to, he had to go with the the hotter hand, and and if that meant uh, Fitzpatrick, you go with Ryan Fitzpatrick because you're trying to save a job. Um, so that's the situation there. But Lovey Smith believed in him. Dirk Cutter believed in him. Uh, certainly, uh, Bruce Arians believes in him. But what you heard Jameis Winston saying there in that clip where he's talking to Peter King. Everything that he's saying comes down to one simple phrase, decision-making. That's where Jameis Winston has to be better in decision-making. He's got to stop thinking that everything is on my shoulders. And the best way for that to happen, uh, the best way to take him out of that mode where he believes this is all on me, and if I don't perform at a level beyond my talent, uh, we're going to lose – is to build, be better around him. So I think what James, I think James Winton has always known that he he needs to make better decisions in difficult times. But I think the key to him making those decisions, those better decisions, is actually having better situations, not being down by seventeen points, not having to rally the team in the fourth quarter after the defense let a a, defense, a lead get you know uh, slip away again. Um, not having to make up for the field goal that was missed uh, by the by the kicker, uh, a thirty yard or the extra point, whatever it is. Uh, Jameis Winston has always felt that when those things happen, and they've happened consistently throughout his tenure here with the Buccaneers, it's on him to fix it and bring the team back. It's like that with most quarterbacks, but he needs help. He needs a running game that can 
uh, pound it and, and still get yards and, and, and put you in position to produce points in a fourth quarter when, it, when the game is close, uh, a defense that can hold on to a lead, a kicker that can make the kicks that, that uh, every other kicker in the NFL can make. If he has those three things, I think you'll automatically see his decision-making get better just naturally and based on the fact that, hey, we're up by eight points right here. I don't have to try to throw this thing down the middle. That guy's not open. That's a double That's a double coverage. Forget it. I'll check it down or you know, throw it high and away uh, on the sidelines instead of having to, to, to try to thread the needle. I just think that will happen automatically because Jameis Winston has always been a very smart quarterback, very savvy in terms of the situation he's in. Unfortunately, the situation he's always in is behind by a bunch. Oh, F. Lee Bailey, man. You know, you, you could really defend almost anybody, Roy Cummings. I love you to death. I love yeah, you to I death, can, man. Bud. His decision-making is <laughs> horrible, my friend. Now, you can say Jimbo Fisher defended him. No doubt about it. Lovey Smith did. But Dirk Cutter did not want him to be his quarterback multiple times last year. And when he reported after not making good decisions off the field, he said, you know, Jameis is going to have to learn to, quote, lead from the rear. And it's been also projected that he wanted Mariota, not Jameis Winston, when they were drafting him. I don't think Dirk Cutter wanted Jameis Winston. He knew that guy was probably going to prevent him from being a head coach. And look what happened. That's what happened. I know the defense was a big part of that. I know the offensive line. It's not just Jameis, but I don't think Dirk Cutter believed in Jameis All Winston. Right. Well, hold on. I can't let you stop there. I can't let you – I can't let you – All right. Okay, here's the situation. Last year – by the way, yes, you're right. He benched Jameis Winston, but then he realized, you know what? At the end of the day, Jameis Winston is still my best quarterback. That I, I'm either going to make it or not make it with this team with Jameis Winston at that position. And yes, you're right that leading up to the draft, Dirk Cutter was more a fan of Marcus Mariota than he was Jameis Winston. Then he got Jameis Winston into the building, and he got him in the lab. And then he realized, oh, you know what? I was wrong. And he said that. He said that he came out and said, the better quarterback is Jameis Winston. It's just a matter of, you know, him refining the talent. And that's where coaching comes in. You know, you've got to refine the talent. So I, I still think that the coaching has had something to do with the fact that Jameis Winston has not met the expectations everybody wants. And, oh, by the way, those 4,000 yards he throws for every year, you know, you just don't see too many quarterbacks doing that. But he does it. You see almost every quarterback do that. Uh, not rookies, because no no other rookie's done it three years in a row that I know of. Do you think Dirk Cutter believed in Jameis Winston when he played against Cincinnati and threw, I don't know, what was it, six picks or five picks? I just, I don't think he believed in him last year, Roy. I don't, I don't think the organization, I think they lost faith in him. I think they, the whole Uber thing, and then he lied about it, and they didn't play well. I just don't think they had any faith. And, and I see, and, you know, a lot of people. I'll still take Jameis Winston over Marcus Mariota. And I'll take Jameis Winston over a lot of other young quarterbacks. I mean, he, he, he still, I'll tell you what, nobody's complaining when he throws that thing 40 yards down the field and Mike Evans is waiting for it. Nobody complains. You know, I just, I, look, I'm, I'm, well, I'm complaining when Sean Jackson's wide open and he can't around. hit him. I'll complain there. I, I'm with Bruce Arians on this. You put a better team around him and have a running game that can execute and a kicker that can kick, and, and he'll be a better quarterback automatically. I'll be the first one to give him his due when he plays well, but until then, and, I, and I'm with you on the offensive line and the running game, I'm frankly surprised if, if unless Rojo you know, steps up this year and the offensive line dramatically improves, they fail Jameis Winston in both those areas. But if those areas do improve and Jameis Winston keeps making bad decisions – 
then I just, you know, I don't know what this franchise does at that point because Bruce Arians came in large part to turn Jameis Winston around. If he doesn't progress, I mean, what do you do if you're Bruce Arians in the Bucks? Well, you and I can agree on that point because I, I'm with you 100%. Jameis Winston has backed himself into a corner with his play, decision-making off the field, decision-making on the field. There's no question. He has not played up to the expectations. He's done a lot of things that few other quarterbacks have ever done in this league. He's really no better, no worse in his fourth year in the NFL or through four years in the NFL than a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL. Look at the numbers. But I'm with you. He is at a crossroads in his career, and if he gets the running game and he gets the defense and he gets the kicker and he's still Jameis Winston as we know him, uh, throwing far too many interceptions and making ridiculously stupid decisions uh, in key moments in the game, I'm with you. Then the Bucks have to decide, do we, do we fish or cut bait here and move on? And I, and I won't argue with their decision if he continues, because this is on Jameis now. He knows. Um, you know, he, he, in essence, and I, I think you're right. The, look, the Bucks are, are, are classic. Uh, they, they do, they've done this with so many players at wasting the talent. So they did it with Gerald McCoy. They may be doing it with Jameis Winston right now. Um, they've got to get better all around. And if they do, if they do, and he's still the Jameis Winston that, that disappoints more than he, uh, uh, appreciate you appreciate him well then he's gonna own, then he's gonna have to own the fact that this is on him and uh he's gonna move on because he just wasn't good enough you know Jameis does have this going for him partner if he just improves a little bit he's fine because he's got Bruce Arians in his corner and he can blame you know, you know some of the inadequacies of the offense but if he takes a big step back uh that is trouble in so many areas for the Bucks quarterback. All right, before we move on to Vita Vea and our more likely segment, I'm loving the spirit of debate. This is fun. Um, let's talk about Jameis Winston's future as a baseball player. Now, he played, obviously, growing up. He played at FSU. He always has said he'd love to be a closer in the major leagues. Now, Peter King asked him, are those dreams still possible? Here's what Jameis said. Well, I think anything is possible, uh, given just any every situation is different. Uh, but it's, de- it's definitely challenging. Uh, but, you know, I commend players like Russell Wilson and uh, even Kyler uh, for taking that extra step of, you know, playing a little baseball here. Uh, but it's something, it's one of my dreams. It's, it's something I definitely would look forward to. But right now, man, I got to focus on being the best quarterback I can be so I can handle things on this side. He didn't shut the door, Roy. The door was not shut in that question. Nor should it be because uh, let's say he takes that big step back that you mentioned he may have he may, he may have a better opportunity to go play baseball uh than he would football um, right. you know uh hey I, I don't think he should it's clear that he loves the game of baseball and as a kid always dreamed of maybe you know like a lot of us making it to the big leagues being in the world series throwing the last out you know, in a, in a big game, something like that, being a closer, that's what he likes to do. He was damn good in college. Um, he's got a major league arm. Uh, why not dream that? Um, the, the opportunity may be there at some point for him. So he shouldn't close the door because uh, we never know what the future holds. Uh, it, it's very possible that, like I said, if you take if he takes that step back and the Bucks move on and nobody else really wants to, you know, give him much of a chance as an NFL quarterback and some team like, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, look, what the Mets did with Tim Tebow could happen again. If, if he becomes the next Tim Tebow, so to speak, 
a guy who had a shot at the NFL and basically proved through his play that he's just not quite good enough. Why not go? I think you'll get to the big leagues faster than Tebow will. And I don't think Tebow's going to get there except for a cup of coffee just to bring some fans into it for a while. I give Tim Tebow a ton of credit. I, I really do. People like to hate on Tim Tebow. Why is he playing baseball? Tim Tebow didn't have to play baseball. I give him a ton of credit for playing baseball. And the fact that he's hitting dingers in AAA, granted, he's not probably hitting his weight in AAA, and he may never make it to the major leagues. But the fact that he got that far was an all-star at the double, AA level. All these people just hate, like, like the Tom Brady haters, man. They're just all jealous. That's my little spiel today. All right, let's get to Vita Vea. We have Vita Vea exclusive one-on-one, our latest video wrap on PeterPirates.com. We're going to give one of these to you every week. We had Ronald Jones last week. Vita Vea obviously feeling a lot more comfortable in this 3-4 system he played at Washington. I had a chance to ask him the difference a year makes for him. How much more comfortable are you now compared to this time last year? Uh, Shoot, I, I feel like I'm really, you know, really comfortable, you know, uh, uh, with everything having to do with, you know, being here for, you know, being here for over a year now, or a year now, over a year now, yeah, <laughs> over a year now, I was I had to think about that one, um, you know, getting to know Tampa, uh, you know, meeting everybody on the team, you know, making friends and stuff like that, and then, uh, you know, also just knowing what to expect coming into the season, and, uh, you know, picking up the playbook, and um, just learning off of what, what we did last year, and how I performed last year, and just, uh, you know, building off of that, so. And Dominic and Sue's on this team. Uh, I know you haven't been with him long, but what have you taken from his experience? Shoot, I've taken a lot from him so far. Uh, you know, every day, like, he he's shows you something new. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, the intelligence of playing football and just, uh, you know, try to pick his brain every day and see, you know, see what he learned. You know, he's a guy that, you know, of his, of his resume, especially him playing in the Super Bowl last year and also having guys like Bo, Stuff like that, other guys will, and the rest of the D linemen, you know, just learn from all of them. So, um, you know, it's 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 really fun. Um, you know, you you like a kid again. You know, you make it up here and just, you know, we drafted or not drafted, we signed Sue and just, you know, it's like oh, that's Dominic Sue. So, <laughs> and then now he's now we're playing right next to each other. You know, he's teaching me everything. So it's it's pretty cool. I really like talking to Vita Vea. You know, he turns it on when he gets in the trenches because he's such a laid-back guy outside the lines. And I love also, if you check out our video wrap, uh, you know, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but then he puts the helmet on top of his head. Uh, Cummings, it made me feel like back in my lightning days when I was interviewing Rick Nash on skates. I made him look like he was eight foot three. <laughs> but Vita, Vita Vea was, you know, I think to me, the way he played in the second half of the year, and that wasn't the three, four, boy, he's going he's gonna to be an interesting guy to watch now. Yeah, he really is. And I'll tell you what I like. You know, some it's funny how things work out for players sometimes. Um, you know, I, I still think the Buccaneers are a better team with Gerald McCoy than Indomitian Sue. But, you know, good for Vita Vea that he got to spend a year learning from Gerald McCoy, and now he's next to Indomitian Sue. Not too many players can, can say that they had the opportunity to, to play alongside those two guys and learn from two guys like that. By the way, he's also had a chance to learn from guys like Jason Pierre-Paul. So uh, I think Vita Vea, and he's a perfect fit in this 3-4 scheme. I mean, he's exactly what you want in a nose tackle in the 3-4. Um, it, it, to me, it's, it's a perfect fit. It's almost like the Bucks had this in mind a year ago when they drafted him. It's almost like they had it in mind two years or three years ago now when they drafted uh, Noah Spence. It's kind of funny how 
things are working out for a couple of guys, and one of the one of those guys is Vita Vea. A lot of eyebrows raised when the Bucks decided to take him as their first round pick, but you watch him in camp workouts. Um, obviously, last year he didn't get a chance to work out because he was hurt. But right now, you look at him and you say, "Holy cow, he looks like a first round pick." No doubt about it. Uh, to me, the defense boy has so much potential. You just uh, wonder, you know, for, at every level, you have uh, you know young players who have a chance to really make that jump. And, and if you're the Buccaneers, you really need all of them or most of them to make that jump. Well, speaking of making the jump, Justin, you know what time it is. More likely, baby. We pitch around three hypotheticals. And, uh, Roy, you know, we had so much fun in that Jameis Winston debate. You know what I want to do in our next podcast? With that bad. I'm going to get every starting quarterback in the NFL, and we're going to go mano imano against Jameis Winston <laughs> and see where he ranks. Okay? All right? Can we do that? All right. That works. We can eliminate the top. We can we can eliminate the top shelfers. You know the the Brady's, yeah. the Breezes, the Russell Wilsons. Um, there, there could be some close calls in there. I think I think that's what we have to do the next podcast. It's all about this year, my friend. It's all about this well, year. Right now, though, oh, I don't even want to. Well, that's something to tease uh, Peter Pirates fans. Next week, we're going to do that. I just kind of right. kind of thought of that is you know Roy Cummings and I are really good friends, and we really don't <laughs> don't argue too much. But that I, that may have been our biggest argument as friends in our history of being friends. <laughs> well, it's just, it's not an argument as friends; it's just a disagreement over uh, where we see the quarterback. I send you a group hug right now. I mean, I love you, my pal. Exactly. All right. First, more likely, Justin goes first because if we uh, have Roy go first, he'll cheat off Roy's paper. Um, <laughs> most likely uh, to be the Bucks' breakout star this year, and I know a rookie really can't be a breakout, but he kind of can be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one on both sides of the ball. More likely to be your Bucko breakout star of the year, OJ Howard or Devin White. Oh. I mean, Devin White's really talented. Uh, can I go with Ronald Jones? I, I really think he Ooh, he is off the board. Yeah, I think he really is gonna. Uh, it's all gonna click for him his second year. From what I've heard from training camp, he's been one of the the standouts. He's come a long way. I think Roy's even talked about it. So yeah, I, can I jump off the board and go with Ronald Jones? And more likely, you can always jump off the board. Always. Yes, Roy. Yeah, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with Justin. Uh, I'm not going to cheat off his paper, uh, but I, I could see Ronald Jones having a breakout kind of season. Um, I also could see um, Vernon Hargraves. And this is all based on what I'm seeing. I almost threw Hargraves in there, Roy. I almost threw him in there. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be a bad idea because I'll tell you what, I'm not sure if there's been a practice yet in training camp where he hasn't made some kind of spectacular play on the ball, either an interception or a big pass breakup when you think the play's uh, going the other way. Um, he's really been sharp, so uh, he's looked good. But I'm going to stick to the board because, guys, the other night, Saturday night's workout at uh, One Buck Place, uh, Devin White, and I am not exaggerating, <laughs> he was in on every tackle in 11-on-11 <laughs> drill at the end of the night. And I, and, I, and I am not exaggerating. I mean every tackle. And not only with – and I'm not talking about some guy just coming up and, 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 you know, and tagging off, right? I'm talking about the first guy. He was putting guys down behind the line of scrimmage. He was chasing guys down. 
across the other side of the field. He's knocking down pass. He was incredible. I mean, I I I hear the hype. Who's everybody said when he first you know came into the league when he was drafted that you know this guy should be uh, you know five time Pro Bowler. I get that first round pick, fifth overall, probably should right. I also heard some crazy hype. We talked about this, Mike, about how some people think this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'll tell you what, based on what I've seen in this training camp, I don't necessarily argue with the people that think this wow. guy's a Hall of Fame talent. This guy explodes onto the tape every time you watch it. He is an incredible, uh, an, an incredibly instinctive player. He has got some skill, gentlemen. So I'm going to go with Devin White. You know what? Can you be my agent, Roy? I want you to be my agent. I can I can do that for you. I, I really can, and I, I will charge less than the usual 3%. Okay, excellent. Uh, I'll keep it at 2.9 uh, for you. If, if you're in Roy Cummings' corner, man, he he will uh, – He'll do what he just did. I mean, I, I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing great but great things about Devin White. But here's the here's the reason I pick OJ Howard. I think OJ Howard has a chance a chance to be a revolutionary tight end, a revolutionary type player in the NFL with his skill set. I think when people think of the Bucks, they think of Jameis Winston, they think of Bruce Arians, they think of Devin White, they think of Indomitian Sue. OJ Howard is kind of lost a little bit. People forget how good this guy can be. I think they're going to use him right, and they're going to pull out all that untapped potential. We've seen it the last couple of years. When he has been given a chance, he's going to make some plays. I think OJ Howard is going to be the star of this offense, guys. He's going to be the breakout guy on both sides of the ball. And people, you know, he fell to the Bucs in the draft. That was, you know, one of the great things that's happened to the Bucs. Not many great things the last couple of years, but O.J. Howard's definitely one of them. I think he's going to be one of those guys that are finally going to tap his potential and Bruce Arians is going to bring it out of him. All right, second more likely, I don't know how you guys feel. One of the things I really enjoy about sports are Hall of Fame speeches. In baseball, really any sport, but especially football. And I, you know, all these people on Twitter, oh, how long is he going to talk? Just shut up. I want to hear these guys. <laughs> I love hearing their stories. I love who they thank. I love the stories they tell. And this year's Hall of Fame class had great speeches. I, I really appreciate guys like Ed Reed, who just gets up there with no notes and speaks from the heart. I remember seeing Michael Irvin and Curtis Martin in person. Curtis Martin's speech, I was on the front row listening to that. This guy wasn't a football fan growing up. He was His mother was abused. I mean, all these stories and, and the journeys and how they get there, I think it's unbelievable. But I'm going to shift the focus a little bit more likely. More likely, guys, is there a Hall of Fame player that you never got to see that you wish you could have saw? It doesn't have to be in person. It could have been, you know, even like, Justin's a little younger than us, so it could have been like in his prime on television or something. How about is there a one player for you, Justin? We didn't go over this. So is there a player that you kind of look back and say, hey, I wish I would have saw him play in his prime? Uh, I think probably off the top of my head would be Barry Sanders. I mean, he played – I was alive when he was playing, but I don't think I was following football. And obviously now going back and watching his highlights, it's insane. I wish I could have been there watching it as it happened. To see that kind of talent is very rare. 
Yeah, Barry Sanders, to me, obviously would have been the all-in-leading rusher if he hadn't retired so early, and Emmitt Smith even acknowledged that. So, yeah, to me, and also if Barry Sanders, I'd like to have seen him play behind that offensive line that, that Emmitt Smith had in Dallas, the numbers that he could have put up. I mean, it's like a, I saw Emmitt, to Emmitt Smith's credit, though, when I was in Florida, Emmitt Smith was all the Gators had. People forget how bad the Gators were when Emmitt Smith was there. They knew Emmitt Smith was going to get the ball every time, and he still was a great player, and he still put up Heisman numbers. So that just shows how great Emmett was, too, not to take anything away from him. But, Roy, is there a player that you never really got to soak in in his prime that you wish you could have? Yeah, you know, I I grew up in Chicago, and I watched – and, you know, I I certainly had an appreciation at the time for Dick Butkus um, with the Bears. The Bears were terrible. Um, and But I for whatever reason, I – I guess I didn't have an appreciation at the time enough, even though I watched him play for Gale Sayers. And Mm -hmm. some people tell me that Gale Sayers was, you know, talent wise, the greatest running back that ever played the game. And, you know, I, I didn't, I was too young at the time to really appreciate what I was seeing when he was playing. And I, I, I see my memory of him is more hurt than not actually. And, um, and that's unfortunate because I would have liked to have had the opportunity, you know, growing up in Chicago, you know, right there in my backyard uh, to have appreciated Gale Sayers. I, I I became a Packers fan more than a Bears fan because because the Packers were great and the Bears stunk. Um, so that probably had something to do with it. So it's on me a little bit um, because, you know, I loved Elijah Pitts. I, I can appreciate that guy. But, uh, didn't appreciate Gale Sayers enough. And uh so that would probably be the guy I'd love to be able to go back and, and kind of relive that period. And, and, and instead of, you know, dismissing Gale Sayers or, or not appreciating him, just, you know, soak it all in and say, yeah, this is a, this is a great talent. Yeah, I remember uh, covering Reggie Bush his rookie year, and they compared him to Gale Sayers. I thought, boy, that's that's a lot of pressure. And it turned out that it was a lot. And, and Reggie Bush had a productive career, but he wasn't Gale Sayers. And I think he would even tell you to this day that was – that was a lot to put on a, a guy who was supposed to save the Saints and, and tack Del Sayers on there. You know, I, I'd have to say uh, Jim Brown for me. You know, people still say, we talk about Barry Sanders, he's the best running back of all time. And I just like to have seen him dominate those defenses. You know, you see old clips and everything. But I'd really like to see Jim Brown in his prime, how he would play even against today's defenses. Because the way that the, the athletic ability that he had and the combination of power and speed, I think – he would have been interesting to see not only today, but but how we dominated defenses back in the day. All right, guys. Well, Hard Knocks is kicking off with our buddy John Gruden. And I'm going to ask kind of a two-tier question. Uh, more likely, could this be the best Hard Knocks ever? Because you know Gruden's going to bring it every episode. And you know he's TV savvy. He knows where the cameras are, so he's going to be great. And also, what was the best Hard Knocks entering this John Gruden camp before this? What do you think? Justin? Uh, well, actually, my answer kind of uh, answers both questions. I do think with the potential <laughs> personalities on this season of Hard Knocks, John Gruden, uh, Antonio Brown, <laughs> I, I'm, I am excited to see, and I do think this could be one of the best. But one of the best that I've seen, and I haven't seen them all, but one of the best that I remember in terms of personality was with the Jets when uh, Ryan was a coach still there. And that yeah. was a great one. Uh, I remember laughing a lot on that. So I don't know. I, I definitely am excited. And I think p- 
potentially this could be the best one yet. Roy? Yeah, I don't think there's any question this has the potential to be the best one yet. I mean, this is exactly what uh, Hard Knocks is looking for. Um, I know that because I've been to training camp with John Gruden. and uh, yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have seen things that that will just make you make you shake your head, blow your mind, crack up, uh, think about it again, and laugh even harder. Um, he, he's he, he's a showman, man, and he's got moments uh, where he's just so real and and it's so funny to watch. I, I think it's a match made in heaven. Um, and I'll agree with, look, I guess I'm cheating off Justin's paper on this one, but I agree. <laughs> the Jets, I haven't seen as many uh, of these as most people because um, I'm usually working uh, this stuff, so I haven't had a chance to really see a lot of them. But I do remember that we learned an awful lot about um, uh, the Jets and, and their coach. Uh, <laughs> uh, Buddy Ryan, not Buddy Ryan, uh, but uh, Rex. Rex. Rex Ryan, sexy Rexy. Uh, in the uh, yeah, we learned an awful lot about him. Maybe more than we wanted to know uh, <laughs> with the Jets uh, uh, hard knocks. So I, I think that was probably the most interesting because it, you found out uh, a lot of stuff that we we probably didn't want to know, but it's 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 interesting that we know it now. Well, this is unanimous because uh, when I thought about this question and I thought about how good John Gruden's going to be, you know, Rex Ryan to me, yeah. But if you had a, a football fan who's under the age of uh, 15, you know, you, you don't let him, you're not, you allow him to watch maybe the Mike Smith hard knocks with the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. but you don't let him watch the Rex Ryan hard knocks with the Jets. <laughs> right. And by the way, the Mike Smith hard knocks was the worst hard knocks It ever. was the worst. That yeah. was more yeah. vanilla than what Roy Cummings is going to have for dessert tonight after his dinner. That was awful. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, you know how good John Gruden is? John Gruden is so good. He was the highlight of Dirk Cutter's hard knocks. His cameo appearances in the office and stuff. His cameo appearances in, you know, just getting the ring of honor. I mean, you get just a little dose of John Gruden, you know, it's going to be good. So I think this one really has potential to be great. And uh, I agree. Antonio Brown. And I mean, it's the Raiders, man. The Raiders, they're going to Vegas. You're going to have all these subplots. I think there's no doubt about it. Um, But I'm really now looking forward to our next podcast the most because we're going to really break down Jameis Winston. Like no other, Roy Cummings. Like no other. Is it mono e mono or mono a mono? I believe it's mono e mono. I think it's e too. I think I, I just want to clarify that because uh, you pewter pirates nation, let us know if I uh, messed that up or not. But uh, a lot to look forward to. We're going to keep these video wraps every week going with exclusive interviews, and Roy and I break down the bucks before and after. Uh, we'll keep the few extra bucks podcast coming every Monday. We're going to carry that over the regular season as well. And check us out on all the platforms. We're on iTunes and Podbean and Stitcher and Spotify and Google Plus. And uh, we're on you know Twitter. Roy Cummings and I are both on Twitter too. So we'll tweet out uh, the latest if you're not subscribing. But if you're not subscribing, you know, why aren't you? Subscribe to pewterpirates.com. It's absolutely free. You'll get our video wraps. You'll get our links to the podcast as well. So we really appreciate a growing audience, and uh, I appreciate Roy Cummings, and I appreciate Justin Thomas. Uh, I'm merely Mike Neighbors, and until next week, we appreciate you logging on, and we'll talk to you soon.